Virginia is for families, all sorts of families. My family, your family, your neighbor's family, for families of all species, for beach chair sitting families and paddleboard standing families, for families that like to camp outside and the ones that would rather museum inside. Yep, we got plenty of those to choose from. For mountain hiking families and would rather hang out by the pool resort going families. Come to think of it, that's more my speed. So, in conclusion, Virginia has all sorts of things your family could love. So, come love it for yourself. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the X Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll free, 1-800-610-7035. Email XZone at XZoneRadioTV.com. On MSN Messenger, TV at Hotmail.com. And our website, www.XZoneRadioTV.com. My guest this hour is a is a dear friend of mine. His name is Jim Chapman, and uh, I had the pleasure of working with Jim when the X-Zone was uh, working and being broadcast out of 1290 CJBK in the beautiful city of London, Ontario, Canada. And I must tell you, X-Zone Nation, if you ever have the opportunity of, of visiting London, great people, beautiful city, you'll thoroughly enjoy yourselves there. And uh, Jim is a multi-talented Canadian who began his working life at 18 by signing a recording contract with Columbia Records in New York. Ten years later, he crossed musical paths with some of the biggest names in the business, including, listen to this, Exxon, Jimi Hendrix, Carlos Santana, Sly Stone, Mick Jagger, Johnny Rivers, and Gordon Lightfoot, and played in the band of rockabilly superstar Ronnie Hawkins. But touring was getting him down, and Jim left the road to build an advertising and jingle company back in hometown London, Ontario, and found the first 24-track recording studio west of Toronto, the legendary Springfield Sound. He later became public relations and marketing director for London AA affiliate of the uh, baseball's Detroit Tigers and went on to develop a media career as a top-rated radio and television commentator and newspaper and magazine columnist interviewing leading political and social figures in the United States and Canada. Now, in 1999, he had a massive heart attack that left him dead on a gurney in the local ER. While doctors tried to revive him, he had a near-death experience that opened his eyes to a whole new way of looking at the world. The result was Come Back to Life, a book recounting his journey through his life uh, to the next and back again and urging people not to fear death, but accept it as part of living. Joining me now from London, Ontario... Jim Chapman and Jim, welcome back to the Exxon. Great talking to you again, old friend. Well, thank you, Rob. I listened to that intro. I hardly recognized that fellow. It sounds to me like he couldn't keep a job. Uh, it sounds to me like he's a very talented person who 
progressed up the ladder because he was seeking something that is lacking these days, and uh, that is the credibility, Jim, that you have always brought to whatever you've done. Oh, you're very kind, Rob. I appreciate you saying that. Jim, tell us a little bit about Come Back, come back to Life. Well, Come Back to Life is, a, is, is I, I think, and I'm going to use the word very advised, I think it's a very interesting book on a number of levels. Mm-hmm. On one level, it is kind of semi-autobiographical. It is the story of my life, but not from the point of view of, well, here's a you know famous guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just a person. It's a story of a person's life. But I use the story because a lot of things that have happened in my life, I think of parallels in, in many other people's lives. I'm talking particularly about uh, the way that we deal in our society with the idea of death. I almost died when I was a young kid. I almost choked on a candy. And, and if my dad hadn't heard me gasping in the kitchen and come running in and did the version of the Heimlich maneuver, uh, I, I wouldn't, I, you know, I'd have been gone then. And that scared the daylights out of me because I was seven or eight years old and Prior to that, you don't think much mm-hmm. about living and dying. I mean, life is what you know. Life is life. That's all you know, and everything's going to go on like that forever and ever. And that that just opened my eyes to the fact that no, no, there there are no guarantees here. It can it can end with something as innocent as, as swallowing a candy the wrong way. And I spent the, a better part of the next uh, the four decades living in fear. And I don't mean constant, always on my mm-hmm. mind fear. But recurrent fear of, you know, one day this is all going to end, and, oh, God, it's going to be terrible, and what's going to happen? And Jim, stand by, think- good friends. You and I have to take a commercial break. Exonation, this hour, Jim Chapman is my special guest. We're talking about his book, Come Back to Life. His website, www.jimchapman.ca. That's www.jimchapman.ca. And uh, Jim and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break with more from the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. 
Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Are you interested in the paranormal, ghosts, UFOs, or psychic phenomenon? Join me, Tim Bartley, co-host of Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, coming mid-January 2017 to the XZBN. We will channel spirits live and talk to them, revealing all kinds of amazing information. Spiritual attachments will be found and removed on the show, and so much more. To find out when you can listen to Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, visit www.xzbn.net for listeners on both sides of the veil. Welcome back, everyone. Jim Chapman is my special guest. We're talking to Jim today about his book, Come Back to Life. His website is www.jimchapman.ca. Jim, as as the song by Tim McGraw says, live like you are dying, aren't we all dying? Aren't Didn't yeah. we actually start dying the moment we were born? Absolutely right, and 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 we that we 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 both forget and remember that, Rob. Yeah. And that's 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 the real irony of it. On the one hand, we spend much of our lives denying that it's going to end. On the other hand, for a great many people, there's this sort of darkness in the background, the late-at-night fears that creep up. You know, what's going to happen when I die? I am going to die, and is there life after death? You know, many people find comfort in religion for that, and those that do, I say, God bless you, I'm glad you do, but there are a lot of people who don't get any comfort from that because they believe that when it's over, the lights go out. And that's what I believed until... My life ended, as you noted, yeah. uh, on in, a, in an ER on a gurney. I had a massive heart attack. They rushed me to the hospital, and I expired on the gurney. And they thought I was gone. They kept doing the paddle thing, and and actually, at one point, we're about to give up. The doctor told me later, said we're going to try this one more time, and if that doesn't hit, we'll code them, and it's all over. And they gave me one more shot and brought me back to life. And while they were doing that, though, I was somewhere else. I wasn't in that hospital room. I had gone to some other reality, and I don't pretend to know what it is. I don't tell people that, you know, I went to heaven or I mm-hmm. went, I don't know where I went, Rob, but wherever it was, it was absolutely magical. It was the most wonderful feeling I've ever experienced. And, and it, as, I, as I stood there, and I was actually in a place, I was standing on the edge of this valley, and, and the, all these thoughts were running through my head, and I could see the sunshine, I could feel the wind on my face, and I knew very clearly, there's no question in my mind, I knew that I was dead. Because I said to myself, "I've died. They lost me." I remember, I remember the you know some of the phrases that I that popped into my head, mm-hmm. and and this this experience of being in this other place and then starting to get this some kind of communication from someone or something that opened my eyes about the way I had been wasting my life, that wasting my time on fear, on fear of you know what happens when. And, and, and it, was, it was given to me, and I took it as a sacred trust, and that's how the book eventually became a book. I took it as a, a kind of a sacred trust to share this information that I had been given because I was blessed to be in a position, to have been in the media and have some 
you know, some notoriety, some some small amount of fame, at least in in Ontario, and and it was in a position where if I spoke, people would listen. Now that didn't mean they were going to believe necessarily what I told them, and I didn't make it a crusade. I didn't say, oh, you have to believe me, but I saw it as an opportunity to take what I had learned that we really, really must not fear dying. Although, as the song says, you got to live. You know, you got to acknowledge. You got to yeah. live as though we're dying. You've got to you've got to enjoy. You've got to seize every single day. But we don't do that in fear of those days being over. We do it because we are so joyful at the opportunity to have these days and safe in the knowledge. I believe anyway, safe in the knowledge that there are different days, other days ahead when these days are over. Tell me, Jim, how has this near-death experience changed your life? How differently? Does Jim Chapman, uh, the the uh, the host of a uh, of a very popular talk show out of uh, twelve ninety CJBK in London, Ontario, when I was there, going back to the to the late nineties, I believe it was. Um, how how has that changed your day to day life, Jim? Well, I think the biggest thing, Rob, is it has focused me on. You just use the phrase day to day. It is it is it is reminding me, and I am reminded every day that each day is unique, mm-hmm. and each day should be lived to the full. So I don't find myself waiting. Oh gosh, I can't wait for the weekend. Oh, right. I can't wait for that ho- that holiday coming up. You know, I can't wait for the kids to go back to school. I don't live a can't wait life anymore, and that that's one of the things that I think so many of us do. You know, we just if I could only get through today, I get past mm-hmm. this week, and it's going to be better. You know, I'm going to go visit mom on the weekend, and it'll be fun. But the weeks, in the meantime, the weeks off. You cannot, we cannot allow ourselves to fall into that trap because it is a trap, and it robs us. It robs us of so much of life. And when you add to that the burden that many people carry, the fear of life ending, it paralyzes a lot of people. It stops them from enjoying what we have today. Because they can't stop worrying about tomorrow. Now we have to we have to plan for tomorrow. You always mm-hmm. have to plan for tomorrow. You know, you can't just I don't believe anyway, you don't just cast your fate to the wind. No. You have to plan, you have to be prudent, but that's where it has to stop. When you get to the point where planning and prudence becomes worry, you're it becomes self defeating and we have to stop that. And the book talks about that. It talks about talks about these lessons that I learned when I was on the other side. And, and and what I brought back, and the biggest thing, to answer your question as directly as I can, the biggest thing is that I learned the value of living each and every day to the fullest, smiling every opportunity that you have, you know, laugh every chance you have, and be as kind as you can to the people around you, because that helps make their lives better, too. Jim, when you talk about the other side, where is the other side? Is it heaven? I wish I could answer you, Rob. Honest to gosh, I wish I knew the yeah. answer to that. How long? All I can, and, and I don't, and I don't pretend to. I know some people have had near-death experiences that have made whole careers out of, out of you know, well, I went, I, I talked to God, I did this, I did that. I, you know, that was not my experience. My experience was it was very definitely another existence, another level of existence. It was It was peaceful. I was filled with the most wonderful feeling of contentment. And, and and joy and love and there was there was something else there, Rob. And I don't know whether it was an individual or whether it was a group of individuals, but there was another presence that surrounded me and let me know that that was exactly where I was supposed to be at that time. That I was totally and completely welcomed and loved and should should just relax and become part of this greater sense. And I definitely had a sense. 
of being part of something far larger than myself in a way that I had never even imagined existed before. And not only does it exist, but it is there. And I do believe that it's waiting for us on the other side. I think that's what it's all about. Now, if you want to call it heaven, mm -hmm. call it heaven. If you want to call it something else, you won't get an argument from me because I didn't put a name to it. I can't put a name to it, but I have every confidence that that is what's there and that is what's waiting for us. Jim, how long were you on the other side? I was out for between three and four minutes. Wow. So long enough that they, had, they, they hadn't declared me mm -hmm. dead because they tried that one last paddle but i was clinically technically dead on that table and and uh, you know three and a half four minutes that's you're you're way out at the at the edge of when yeah. you know whether you can come back or not so i was pushing the envelope jim what did it feel like to come back to this side well here's the amazing thing about it in in my experience I saw a face in front of me, and, and I, I took it to be an angel. It was a young woman's face, and I took it to be an angel, and I had been wondering what was going to happen because it seemed to me I'd been there for longer than three or four minutes. It seemed to me I was there for 10 or 15 minutes. And, and this face appeared in front of me, and I thought, oh, well, here's somebody who's finally come to tell me what I'm supposed to do and where I go next. And, and the, the young woman yelled at The angel yelled at me and, it, it, and, and woke me up in, in, in effect. She yelled, said, Mr. Chapman, are you in there? Can you hear me? And I blinked because I was, I was so shocked at her yelling at me. Mm -hmm. And there was a young nurse leaning over me, same face, the young nurse leaning over me, and they had finally got me back. And, of course, they want to find out whether you're still in there. If there has there been brain damage? What's happened? Yeah. And, and, and I awoke at her yelling me, and, and I talked to the doctor within 10 or 15 seconds of that. Long afterwards, I, I interviewed him for the book. And he said it was the most amazing thing, or one of the most amazing things he'd ever seen, that when I came back, I was completely lucid, and he and I had a, he said, a normal conversation. He said, usually that does not happen when we resuscitate people. They're usually disoriented, and, you know, they're spinning, and they don't know where they are, they don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. He said, you are 100% lucid. He said, I was amazed. I couldn't believe that we could just have a conversation, to, you know, how are you, how do you feel, what have you been, what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, the transition from here to the other place was almost instantaneous. I just closed my eyes and I was in this other place. And I closed my eyes and I was back again. And obviously not, not groggy, not woozy. It wasn't the chemicals in my brain hadn't gone all sideways, which is one of the, one of the explanations somebody or some people give for near-death experiences. Oh, no, it's just the brain dying and the chemicals do this and that and the other thing. My argument has always been, well, if that's the case, how did I go... How did I maintain that consciousness from being alive to being in this other place to being back in this place again with, and didn't miss a beat? Just one continuous stream of consciousness. And when I got back, I was lucid and communicating with the doctor and clear as a bell. So to me, that, that is, for me, that's all the proof I need that, that near-death experience, at least my near-death experience, was not about the brain dying. It wasn't about chemicals breaking down. It was a truly otherworldly experience. Jim, you and I have to take a commercial break very shortly, but has your experience made the change in other people's lives who have read your book? I think, Rob, I've been incredibly blessed to have, to have been moved. As I said, I felt there was sort of a, mm -hmm. a charge to write this book. And I did write it about five years ago now. And we have sold a lot of copies of this thing all around the world. And the response from people is the, the most gratifying thing in my life is the people I hear from. I get phone calls. I get emails. I get still get letters. 
from people saying, "You're," and it's not. I, I don't want to. I don't want to make this bigger than it is. They mm-hmm. don't say, "My goodness, you've changed the universe," but people saying, "You've helped me see." a better way to live. You've helped me make my life more rewarding. And the big thing for me is you've taken away my fear of dying. And to me, if that's the only thing I ever accomplish in my life, I'll die a happy man. I think that, you know, I'm just, I'm so pleased that I was given this wonderful blessing to have experienced this. Jim, you and, and I have then, to take a commercial break with the news. Okay, Please stand by. Jim Chapman, a great guy, good friend, www.jimchapman.can. I, for one, am glad he's back on this side. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. We'll be back after the news. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back, everyone. Jim Chapman is our guest to this hour. We're talking about Jim's book, Come Back to Life. It's all about a near-death experience that Jim had. And, um, Jim, when it comes to society and, and, and some religious philosophies, why do you think that the fear of death is instilled in us? I think there's a certain natural tendency, Rob. Once we realize that things do die, right? Mm -hmm. Little children, we hope, are innocent of that and, and they're not going to face that reality until they get a little older. But sooner or later, we all reach the point where a pet dies or a family relative or a friend, somebody dies, and we become aware of the fact that, that they're gone. And I think there's a certain natural inclination on our part to, to fear that because we don't want to be gone. We can't mm-hmm. imagine what that would be like. Some religions, uh, I think all religions, want to provide people with some sense of comfort beyond that, and depending on what your religion is and what it teaches about life beyond this one, um, there is comfort for millions or billions of people around the world do find some comfort in their religious beliefs. But it's my experience, my personal experience, because I've lectured a lot about this since I had my my dearest experience. I've traveled from Seattle to New York to Dallas and all over the place giving, giving lectures and speaking about this that the, the, the most common 
thing that people talk to me about afterwards because I always enjoy the you know the, the and I know you, you do you do speaking as well and you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. afterwards you get to chat with some of the folks about yep. what you've been speaking about it's it's a wonderful thing to do so many of them have told me that well you know I believe that there's something beyond this life uh, intellectually but but you know when it gets right down to the heart I'm still frightened I'm afraid I'm afraid and and to me that may be the the uh, I don't want to say it's a failing religion because it's not a failing, but to me it's it's kind of sad that that more people are not able to to make the connection, the intellectual and the spiritual and the emotional co- uh, connection. So you know to fully be be fulfilled by their religion and its promise of whatever the afterlife may be. But I know from experience that there are all kinds of people, religious and non-religious, who can't they just can't do that. They can't make that connection. There is still that that. The fear deep in the pit of their mm-hmm. stomach, because you know what you know. What if I'm going to end up in a lake of fire, or what if I'm not, or what if I'm going to end up nowhere? Is I think is the big frightening thing for people. You know what if it's what happens if the light goes out? I mean, that, that's got to be terrible and horrible and awful. And how will I ever survive? You know, it's just it'll be it's it, it's beyond comprehension. It's so frightening they don't even think about it. Well, the reality, my reality is, and I've had the opportunity to talk to many many other people who've had NDEs, and it's interesting sideline here, Rob, that. As our um, expertise, in particularly in the area of cardiac health, has improved, doctors are now saving literally hundreds of thousands of people a year who were dying 20, 30 years ago from heart attacks. Had I had the kind of heart attack I had in 1989 and not 1999, I would not have survived it. So we have this huge new group of people who are effectively dying and then being brought back to life, and a, and a significant percentage of them are reporting your death experiences. So that just reinforces my own belief that, that this experience is very real. I don't know why everybody who dies doesn't mm-hmm. have it. I don't know the answer to that. But I, I, I choose to be an optimist because I am an optimist and my experience taught me to be an optimist. I choose to believe that what I experienced and what a great many other people are experiencing is a precursor of what's on the other side. So what does it mean? People say, well, so what? What, you know, what do you think that means? Well, to me, what it means is we have to stop being afraid of death because it's there, it's inevitable. We all know it's inevitable, but I believe that it's not the end of anything. It's just a transition to something else. So people have said, well, does that mean you're, you know, you'd, you'd jump in front of a, of, a, of a moving train or you'd step in front of a bullet? No, I'm still afraid to die because it might be painful, it could be messy, it's going to be distressing to my family, and so on. But Woody, Lyon, or Woody Allen had a great line about that, and he said, he said, I'm not afraid to die, I just don't want to be there when it happens. <laughs> so to me, that kind of sums it all up, right? Like, physically, as a physical, corporeal being, I'm not looking forward to this life ending, but I'm not, I'm not afraid of what's beyond. I'm not at all afraid of what's beyond. And that is so incredibly liberating to you you can hardly imagine the difference in your life when you get up or you wake up in the morning you're somebody like me who for the previous 40 years almost every day at some point of the day there'd be some little niggling reminder that oh you know i'm gonna die one day or, oh gee i hope this or i hope that oh this doesn't you know we all live with that some of us worse than worse than others and it was a pretty serious problem for me for many years uh, and it led to depression and a lot of other unpleasant things. And to be to wake up in the morning, open your eyes, and go, 
wow, this is fantastic. I got another day ahead of me. This is great. And not think, well, but what if it's the last one? Don't think. I don't think that way. I do not think that way. I live as though every day is my last day. I get as much pleasure and enjoyment and do as much for other people as I can because I find that gives me pleasure. I do as much of that every day as I can, but I don't worry about, well, gee, what if I don't wake up tomorrow? If I don't wake up tomorrow, no problem. We'll press on, and we'll deal with that when it comes. Jim, do you find the medical community is finally starting to take note of near-death experiences and are actually taking them seriously, or are they still looking at it as a part of the dying process? I think it depends on who you talk to, Rob. I have I have interviewed doctors who believe very strongly mm -hmm. that it is simply a chemical reaction, that it's just part of the dying process, that the brain breaks down, and they can give you chapter and verse on what chemical turns into what chemical and does this and does that. But I've also talked to a number of doctors, particularly ER doctors, mm -hmm. and I think of the doctor who was my ER doctor, who um, some of them are very willing to say, listen, this is, a, this is an experience beyond anything normal. It is beyond anything that our senses tell us should happen, but it happens so often that, you know, we believe something's going on. But the group that, that I've had the most response from are uh, ER nurses and, and cardiac care nurses, or, or nurses that work with the dying, mm -hmm. with the, you know, with, with the palliative care oh, and geriatric nurses. Talk to them about their experience of being with people when they pass and 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 this there's a magic to that experience now sometimes it's tempered by the passing can be very painful mm -hmm. and horrible to watch and so on you know some forms of cancer and so on are very unpleasant death but but there are you talk to the people that work in that area and i will say in my own experience i'm not going to quote you any numbers but in my own experience that a large majority of those people when i talk to them or i give a lecture about my experience they're, they're smiling, they're nodding their heads, and they come up to and talk to me afterwards and say, you know, I completely understand what you're saying. Even people who have not had it themselves, but have been there and watched other people either go through NDEs or just come to the end of their lives, and there's something very magical that happens in those last few hours. And I had the, the wonderful blessing, although it was a loss to us, to our family, my mother in law with whom I was very close. I was there when she passed, and I was with her for three days before she passed. And I know that, that her experience and talking to me just hours before she actually died, mm -hmm. she was going from here to somewhere else and coming back and going and, and talking to her through that experience just simply solidified if it needed to be, and it really didn't. But if I needed any more proof that there is something else there, that gave it to me. And people who work in that environment, in my experience, they understand that. They are not the skeptics. I think the skeptics are the ones who look at it from a purely scientific view, and I don't blame them for that. Mm -hmm. That's their, you know, we need scientists. We need people who are studying the human body and, you know, the human brain and all of this. We need people. We need them to do it objectively. We need them to do it with the scientific method, and I, I appreciate and applaud people who do that, but at the same time, I have to say that science does not yet know everything cannot yet explain everything, and I'm not sure that science itself will ever be able to explain everything. I think there are things that maybe transcend that as far as human beings and our ability to comprehend. And to me, I would never argue with a doctor who said, you know, your experience wasn't real. 
I would simply ask him, prove it. You know, Jim, we call it the other side, or, or you call it the other side, uh, and that so many people believe that this little this little slice in the time-space continuum that we call our present-day reality is just part of uh, an ongoing process. Um, I, I've spoken to people who have near-death ex- who have had near-death experiences, and and one of the one of the ways that somebody described it that I'll never forget is they say, "Just imagine, Rob, a wall full of books. Each book has a chapter, and when you go from one, the first book." The first chapter, that is when your life starts. And as you progress through each chapter, through each book, is another existence. You look at that and you say, wow. And it's because of people who have the near-death experience, who share the experience, who are willing to share the experience, that I believe that more and more people are coming to, to better understand that the passing or dying in this existence does not mean the end of it all. Now, I, I hope I hope that that number of people increases and increases and increases. And one of the interesting things, very, very quick note I want to make here, until very recently, most people were very reluctant to talk about this yeah. because they were called crazy, you're insane, you're nuts. And it's only been in the last 20 or 30 years, really, where you've seen a large number of people stepping forward, partly because more people are being brought back, as I said earlier, but partly, I think, too, and and because of people like myself, and I'm not taking any credit, but I know there are more people like me in communities Mm -hmm. who maybe had some visibility, who, when they went through the experience, said, I am not going to be quiet. I am not crazy. I know what happened to me. And I'm going to tell people because they need to know. And the more people that do that, then the more other people come forward and say, you know, it happened. I had a minister. Uh, I did a speech in his church one day, and he came up to me afterwards. He said, I want to thank you so much for being here today. I had a near-death experience 30 years ago. I have never told anyone because I, I was afraid that they would that they would think less of me as a minister, that it would hurt my ministry, and they'd think I was crazy. And he said, you've given me the courage. Next week I'm going to tell my congregation that I had the same experience you did and, and let the chips fall where they may. And he did that. He called me later on and said it's the best thing I'd ever done. Jim, you so say, that kind of liberation is just yeah. it's so magical. Jim, you say that the West is a culture in denial. What do you mean by that? Well, we deny death, right? People don't die. They they pass on. Mm. They're deceased, you know. They or they've gone over. I say they're dead. Well, dead is dead. You know, I don't. I, it's, it's, let's not play games with words. Dead is dead. But dead is not bad. You know, we we it used to be people died in the home. You know, you died at home with your family around you, and now you go someplace to die. It's like we we just. And, and when the body is dead, nobody, even the family, would touch the body. Now, it used to be that you prepared the body yourself for burial. And so you get a chance to, I, I, I think, to, to see that whole process as part of the continuum. And now we've taken it all away. It all goes to the funeral. Everybody goes to the funeral home. You know, it's, it, we just, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to admit it, mm-hmm. although it's, it, it's like the sword of Damocles hanging over everybody's head, and nobody wants to look up and acknowledge that the sword's there. Heck, you've got to look at the sword. You've you, you got to smack it around once in a while. You've got to recognize that, yeah, it's there, and it's waiting for you. But so what? It does not have power over our lives. We have power over our lives. If we do have the power, Jim, and I, I believe you're right, why are so many people still in denial? Because they have not found a way that works for them to acknowledge the reality that we're going to die, mm-hmm. 
but to accept also that we have more and more evidence every day that the end of this physical existence is not the end of life. It's not the end of existence. It's not the end of consciousness. But so many people are still trapped in the, in, in, in the superstitions of their childhood, the superstition of their adulthood. Um, they are trapped in this idea in our society that we all want to be young forever. The baby boomers now, right? We don't want to get old. We want to be young. We want to live forever. It's, there's an awful lot of societal pressures on us to say, yeah, when the end comes, it's going to be terrible, and that's the end of everything, so pretend it'll never happen and press on. I don't believe that you can live your life to the fullest if you're always afraid of dying. You know, the great tragedy in life is not dying. It's being afraid of living. That's the great tragedy, and that's what we have to overcome. And that's what I talk about in the book and Come Back to Life. I explain what happened to me, how I got to the point where I was you know, desperately frightened of dying, and out of nowhere came this experience that I didn't expect. It, I had no religious background for it, nothing. Out of nowhere came this incredible, eye-opening experience, and, and out of that experience came this book to share what I learned and how it made such a difference in my life because I was as frightened as anybody of dying. And today I can tell you, when it happens, it happens, and we're going to press on. And that change for me is the most magical thing that ever happened in my life. It's the most magical thing I think can happen in anybody's life. Jim, stand by. We've got to take our final break. Great talking to you again, old friend. Exo Nation, Jim Chapman is our special guest. I had the pleasure of working with Jim at 1290 CJBK in London, Ontario, where he did a morning talk show. A very popular morning talk show. His website is www.jimchapman.ca. We'll be back talking more about coming back to life on the other side of this break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation, whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials. How we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. 
Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A Soul Balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour has been uh, Jim Chapman, uh, and as I've been saying throughout the hour, I had the opportunity and pleasure of working with Jim at uh, 1290 CJBK in London, Ontario, where Jim had a very popular morning talk show. He's got a book out. He's got more than one book, but the book we've been talking about today has been uh, Come Back to Life. It's all about his near-death experience. And, and Jim, where can listeners get a copy of your book? Well, if they're into e-books, it's available at Barnes & Noble in the States. It's mm-hmm. available at Chapters Indigo in Canada. And if they'd like a physical copy of the book, uh, that's available through my website at Jim Chapman, www.jimchapman.ca. Jim, what, what would you like to leave the Exxon Nation with tonight? Rob, I think I'm going to repeat something I said earlier sure. because I think it bears repeating. And it is this. The greatest tragedy in life is not dying. Mm-hmm. It's not living because we're afraid of death. That life offers so many wonderful things and wonderful opportunities. It's an incredible gift. And if we allow death with a capital D to steal any of that from us, to rob that enjoyment and that pleasure, then I think we have not, we have not lived to the fullest. Death is nothing to fear. It happens to everyone. And there is something waiting beyond it. I absolutely believe that. I was there, I saw it, and I look forward to going back again. Any chance of Jim Chapman coming back to the radio waves? Uh, you never know. You just never know, Rob. It's been a great pleasure to be share the waves with you today, so who knows? Jim, we, uh, you know, we, we've, we've gone through so many things um, on our own paths. Um, being a broadcaster, uh, have you have you seen a lot of changes over the years since you left broadcasting? From uh, yeah, I, I'm and today? I'm disappointed by many of them. I I came up in broadcasting yeah. at a time when it was still very much about about uh, communities. Mm-hmm. It was still very respondent to the individual communities. The bean counters were taking over, yeah. but they weren't quite there yet. But today, I think we've lost a lot of that connection. Um, between radio, particularly television too, but radio stations and their communities. There are still some good ones out there, some great stations out there and great people, but it's not like it used to be. Jim Chapman, thank you very much for joining us. Jim, always a great pleasure talking to you, and I look forward to the next time you and I meet here in the X-Zone. Until then, my friend, stay well. Thanks, Rob. You too. Bye-bye. X-Zone Nation, Jim Chapman. He's the author of Come Back to Life, a story about his very own near-death experience. And Jim goes out and he lectures, and, and his message is, you have nothing to fear. Everybody's going to die, and as I've said many of times myself, you start dying the moment you're born. The moment you're conceived is the moment you start dying. All this and more when we come back here to the Exxon. Once again, Jim Chapman's book is entitled, Come Back to Life, and his website is www.jimchapman.ca. And uh, I look forward to the next time Jim joins us. He's a great guy. And um, let's hear your comments on dying, death. Are you afraid? 
Exxon at exxonradiotv.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues from our studios here in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. You can always listen to the Exxon 724-365 at www.xzbn.net forward slash live htm. I'll be back after the news at six and a half minutes past. Don't go away. <laughs> 